Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is No One Told Us About the First Two Months. Oh, the joy and the disorientation of the first two months being a mom. That was the sentiment in the Discover Me newborn class a few weeks ago. Who is this amazing baby? This brand new person who's changing everything you know, think, feel, and do. I'm at the square table today with two first-time baby moms in love and looking back at the first two months. A great big welcome to Elena Pavlo and Joelle Karp. Elena? You were the, what were you thinking when you said in class, no one told us about the first two months? So from the second I walked into my house, <laughs> the day he came home, I was, I didn't know what to do with myself. I walked in and no one prepares you for everything that there is to come. Everyone tells you, yes, you're going to have sleepless nights. Um, you're going to be feeding on demand. But I walk in, I had a child that didn't latch. Uh-huh. I had, who they said had a tongue and a lip tie in the hospital. Um, I was pumping and nothing was coming out. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. This poor child, every three hours wanted food and I didn't know how to provide for him. So that's basically where I started. And then trying to understand and get to know this child, but also trying to understand my husband, That was a whole nother ball Okay, game. I want to go into, I want to mm-hmm. talk about both of them, but just freeze for a moment on that disorientation. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that word came to me because I kind of, I think that's a word that maybe captures, mm-hmm. I have so many questions because it's also, I, we know that everybody thought they were going to tell you what you needed to know and their experience and how yes. this could be. But no, but there's no way. There's no way until you walk into mm-hmm. your house and go, exactly. huh, Joelle. How, is that does that ring true for you? Yes, absolutely. I also had issues with the latching. So, you know, just the start of it, I was completely disoriented. And my sister had warned me, breastfeeding is the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do. And nobody says that. No one says that. And I'm happy she warned me. But it's still, like Elena said, once you're the one that experiences it. And also what I also found really difficult is everyone talks about the sleepless nights and it's difficult and adjusting, but no one really said to me, 
your body is going to be in pain, you're recovering from a labor, whether you've had a C-section or you've had a vaginal delivery. So not only are you trying to take care of this tiny human who you don't understand yet, now I think we're at the point where we know when they're hungry, we know when they're gassy, we know when they need to sleep. But at the beginning, you have no idea. And you're not to to be overly... You know, no, I'm really glad about you're going this, this way. I want, I want you're wearing an you. adult diaper, and mm-hmm. I was wearing a wee wee pad that we used for my puppy. And you know, <laughs> like literally, that's what they put me in in the hospital. And I was just, and it was just so difficult because you're in so much pain, and and no one, no one warned me about that. You know, of course, people say it labor's hard, but no one said the aftermath and the hormones, your emotional. And Mm -hmm. I mean, of course it's the most wonderful thing in the world, but I found it very difficult to adjust to taking care of this tiny human as well as trying to heal myself physically. I am so glad you went in this direction. And I'm a bit shocked that at episode 195, we're just getting to this realness of that reality. The only other place that it this has ever come up in the podcast is when we did the Sex After Baby podcast with a mom who's a sex therapist. And she said, your body, your body, your body. So yes, I want to talk about your emotions. Yes, I want to talk about hormones. Yes, I want to talk about dad. Yes, I want to talk about these new babies. Um, tell us, tell everybody how old your babies are right now. And then I want to come back to thank you for talking about this enormous physical change, um, and and did what are the what's the awareness that that you experienced with? Did it feel like somebody else's body? Did it feel you know like what? How how would you describe you know the pain and the adjustment and the length of time that it took you to come through this? Oh my gosh! Like I I'm not me, or am I not me? Go ahead, because I, I don't have the words for that. Um, How old are your babies and then your physical experience? So he's four and a half months now. They're little, they're little, they're little. And physically, yeah, it was was difficult. Um, I had a vaginal delivery and it was just... I mean, even now I look at my body and I don't see myself yet. I'm not at the weight I want to be at. I'm not at the the tightness that I want to be at. And it's funny because I thought, okay, I'd be working out every day. And at night, I mean, during the day I'm quite busy times when he's napping it's housework and then at night I'm tired so I just haven't gotten back physically to where I'd like to be and especially I think at the big thankfully over time you know the weight does come off on its own a little bit between just not carrying a baby anymore but at the beginning you do look at yourself and you're just like oh my god I've had this baby in me for 10 months and now he's he or she is out of my body and you know, it was it was scary to even pee for the first time. It's it really, scary to pee. Yeah, yes. it, it's just and it the hurts. pain and the pain, and it's just you know I was on definitely on pain medicine for a while, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's like having a very lengthy period for quite a long time. And again, no one warned me about that. No yeah. one, no one said that. And so I don't know how many pregnant mom, pregnant first time moms hear this podcast. But, but I guess what my message is, what do we need to be saying women to women? Um, and would you have listened? <laughs> you know, when you're in the mommy pregnancy glow, how much can you even absorb to what people are trying to tell you? I think I read a lot of blogs telling you about 
after birth, this is what happens. And I don't think you can really take it in until you're there. Because, I mean, I had everything. I had the little spray bottle that they say to get. I had that, too. I had the little, what is it, the um, spray for to numb it. <laughs> I had all that. And until you're there and fully experiencing what your body's going through, there's really no true preparation. Um, So it's not no one told us. It's this is so monumental and Mm -hmm. so extreme, physically, emotionally, relationship-wise, socially. um, You move to a new state. Um, So many things are flipped upside down, inside out, and backwards that it's, I guess I'm wondering is, we can't, what's our message? And, and, and what, I think maybe what we really are saying is, how can we be so kind and supportive and nurturing of couples and families going through this, this huge transition? And it was, I think what helped me the most was understanding that, yes, I just had a baby. And even though I didn't feel like myself in the mirror, I couldn't work out. I worked out throughout my pregnancy. I was, I think, Orange Theory at least four times a week. And just slowly getting back to myself, looking in the mirror, taking a shower. The days that I was able to just jump in the shower and just take a decent shower and shave for fun and shave my <laughs> legs. Wait, was la- just- last night, which will it'll be the week before your podcast posting, a mom with a one-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old said, no, no, a working mom, I get up at, one, at midnight or 1 a.m. to take my showers just so I can shave my legs. <sighs> so what's horrible is that the shower issue is never, ever going away because the demands on your time mm-hmm. and your caretaking or so might never end, which I apologize for, but, um, so go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. So just adjusting to being okay with who you are. My stretch marks. So I didn't see my stretch marks because they were under my big belly. (laughs) The only reason I knew I had stretch marks is when I went to wax, the lady's like, oh, you have a couple. I'm like, oh, it's just a couple. And then (laughs) when I had the baby, I looked down and I saw all the stretch marks. I was like, oh no, (laughs) what's going on? Um, But it's learning to love what you created, that miracle that is having a baby, that not 10 months of these cells dividing and somehow from your love, your husband's love and your love, this magnificent child came out of it. So that so, became your mantra. Yep. I just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody how old Hudson is. Hudson's five months. Five months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when did you start, when do you think you were able to look back over that initial? I think... The biggest hurdle for me was my relationship with my husband. Once we were able to kind of dig deep and figure ourselves out as a couple with a child, then I was able to kind of come through and be more of who I am. Okay, so I feel like you led that because Mm -hmm. you're a communicating person, because you wanted to have a certain... um, you wanted to, to move into a family life that represented your vision and what you believed in. Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure that all couples 
go there that quickly. Um, you know, there are so many times when we're saying, look, dads, give mom a year to mm-hmm. start adjusting to all these changes because sometimes you're so overwhelmed you can't even communicate what you need, who you are. And I, oh, and I couldn't, even though I, I think we're very good communicators. And before we had a baby... We were excellent communicators. We, When we didn't like something, we would speak our mind and kind of move on. But I think no matter how good of a communicator you are, it's hard because I feel like when I had the baby, I had expectations. And these were my expectations. This is how I thought it was going to be. Could you this name is those? How I thought Greg was going to be Go or ahead. my husband was going to be with the baby. What did you think? I what thought was he knew what to do with the, with the baby. He was going to pick him up and comfort him and feed him. He was going to be a full on, hands on partner. Exactly. And he 50 50. And, so, and you were just going to know everything too. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Um, and the reality of it is no, you're, there's no way. Even. As a person who's been around children for years, um, as a teacher, as a speech therapist, I dealt with all children, all ages, and nothing prepares you to have a child of your own in next to you, and then nothing prepares you for that new relationship your husband and yourself are about to have. So I, my expectations of him were just so high. And the first week, it was fine. But once he started going back to work, it was that resentment that you're not doing everything I need you to do. I would like to shower. Can you watch him for five minutes? It was, I even called him my bad assistant. (laughs) I did. Now looking back at it, I feel so bad because it's like I expect an assistant to know what I need before I, a good assistant, what I need before I need <laughs> Thank it. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying and it. And then he couldn't anticipate my needs. And, but at the end of the day, he's, men typically aren't good about, oh, knowing you need a shower. So here, let me take the baby for five minutes. You go shower. He didn't know. No one knows that. How'd you get there? Yeah. So communicating. The key to so a when lot you called him the bad life. assistant, did he just like, oh my God, my wife just had a baby and she's she's like a lunatic <laughs> and and I'm I'm putting up barriers and boundaries to protect myself and and I'm I'm just gonna tiptoe and walk around her or did he I say think we argued is that a what lot. you really so there was arguing a lot of arguing and 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 who how what was the flip that got you to communicating. Hmm, that's a good question because I don't know if there was like one thing that just occurred. I think once we started to recognize the baby's needs a little better, once we started to understand how we were as parents and what our expectations were of ourselves. Okay, I'm just really happy you said that and I'm coming to you, Joelle, next for this whole change in that relationship stuff and expectations. But what I love that I think you just said is... I didn't say, oh, I'm not doing this the way I want to do it. I need to be a better communicator. There was nothing external about your adjustments. Mm. You both just grew into this these new roles mm-hmm. and this new relationship um, where kindness came along as you grew into yourselves 
doing this, which I think I want to say to everybody out there is that's a there's no supposed to's in this. There is just a riding through the mm-hmm. the complications and the challenges till you get to that other side. Any what was your experience? Um, well, for me. It also, at the beginning, my husband had paternity leave for a month, and I do have to give him credit. He was incredibly helpful. My mom came to visit. My sister came. But then he went, he's a work from home, um, but he still works. So after that month, you know, my, my mom left probably two weeks in. So already I was incredibly emotional when she left because I didn't have the mom support or the sister yeah, support. Because you had just moved to Florida. Yeah. And they had to go back to Canada. And then thankfully I had my husband for the next two weeks really just there. And, you know, again, I felt I was very patient with him and he was patient with me. We were both new to all of this. But it was a huge adjustment to me when he had to start working. And it was one of those things where I had to learn to communicate better. Obviously, I can't disturb him when he's working, but I was less, I communicated less with him about what I needed because I felt, oh, he just worked all day. I don't know if I should be asking him for help. Maybe he needs some time to unwind. And I still try to give that to him, but we had to sit down and he had to say, you just ask me. I don't, like you were saying with the shower, like I don't necessarily know that you wanted to shower right now. I don't know that maybe you wanted to be the one to take the dogs for a walk to get some fresh air. You wanted to go out and get a pedicure. He's like, if you ask me, of course I'll help you. And I think that that's an expectation that a lot of us as moms have is we think that our husband is like going to read our mind and be like, oh, you've been with the baby all day. Would you, you know, would you like me to do this and this and this? And sometimes they do that, but communication is just key as new parents and I think it's also which does take time is you have to make time for each other outside of the baby and you were uh, uh, hold that thought of of time for you without the baby and I just want to put a little thing in here from another podcast that a mother was very protective of and she was like I'm not asking for with asking for permission I'm asking by saying what I need. So I just want to clarify that because um, there is this partnership to this that it's not I need an assistant and a help, but it's I need a partner Mm -hmm. and and communicating what that means and looks like to you so that you can both be there to meet one another's needs. Okay, and so really you were able to create time for each other or space for each other even with a newborn. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, it was probably more difficult just because I feel like at night when the schedule is very, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to be up in two hours and then another hour. I feel like I would just get to bed once he was down for however long it would have been because I was so tired. And obviously we spend time together with him, but it was less, there was less of a structure. And now thankfully, as moms will see, they're, they're, gets more of a schedule as they get older. He's on a better sleep schedule, a nap schedule. So we try to spend time together now at night, you know, whether it's um, just sitting on the couch together and watching TV or opening up a bottle of wine, or we try to make a date night once a week, even if it's in the house. And again, parents should not expect for that to come right away because it doesn't. But over time, just you have to remember that there is someone else in your life. That it's there, you know, huge. And, and we have a podcast 
in the, that we've that's been on the back burner for a while, and it was a Facebook post that um, it might have been Gottman Institute that put up, but it was how you have to put couple first, mm-hmm. and and it's very hard to do that with newborns, or I think even under one. It's almost to me like not until they start crawling or moving away from you that moms are like, okay, dad's not third in the house anymore after baby dog. Um, <laughs> but but I really, I mean, I'm so happy that. That the two of you are here today because I think you are so actively um, reflective about what you need, what works, and what you're preserving and protecting. I, I just want to spank, sprinkle fairy dust on you that <laughs> that like you get to hold on to this these beautiful insights and and perspectives mm-hmm. uh, because I think you're. What did you gain? By, by creating that time for the couple? And how does it change um, being parents together? Because I think that's the power of that is, is it, limitless. It is, because you don't, you know, obviously as moms especially, we have to put so much effort into our baby. We're, I mean, we're trying to keep this tiny human alive. We have to feed, we have to do everything for them. So of course, inevitably, you're going to spend less attention on your husband. My thought process, I try to think that I was I was a girlfriend and a wife before I was a mom, and I don't want to lose that. How I want, long are we married? How long do you know each other? Um, we're going to be married nine years in August, and we've been together about ten years. And, yeah, I just think that also if you do make time for each other, then I find your parenting together is better because mm-hmm. you look at each other more as a team than your dad, I'm a mom, I do my stuff, you do your stuff, and you know, you help me when you can and so-and-so rather than it's like you do things together, you know, like we've we kind of gone to more of a routine. When he's with me, he always is the one that puts the stroller in the car, takes it out, folds <laughs> it, you know, like. I love it. That synchronicity. Yeah. Like, I and, got you and you got. Exactly. And again, to new moms, we were not there at the beginning, but you know, you just want to, I feel like you have to try and look at each other as like a team rather than just separate and I think that that really really does help so I, I'm going to let you respond to that Leno and then I want to ask that other question did you approach did you have expectations when you began that that surprised you of what that what that image was that you would be and he would be like did, you, did were you like what you're not you're not here supporting me the way if you want to go there but any comments about um how being taking care of the couple changes you as a mom as a woman and in a family. So we all have expectations. I, before I even had the baby, Greg and I definitely spoke about this because I said to him, so you, the baby's really with you for 18 years. And even once they're 15, 16, they start becoming adults. They start going out and venturing into the world by themselves. So if we only focus on a baby or on a child for the next 18, 20 years, and then that child leaves, and you and I don't have a relationship, then what are we going to do? Yeah. So you were already looking way Yes, that's also good. You looked back and said, I'm a girlfriend. You looked forward and said, we're going to be here after. It's, it's, a, it's lovely, the, the difference. Yeah, so we, we have been very active in trying to maintain our relationship throughout, even once he was born. We had our six weeks or two months of difficulty transitioning into parenthood. But the second we got a chance, we started going on date nights. We started going out with friends. Leaving the babies? Mm -hmm. Leaving the babies. Again, 
and I, I, I don't think I can ever say to parents, you should go out and do this. But like you said, you could even do a date night at home. Mm-hmm. It's it's the remembering when you say, how's your day, to actually listen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I... It can get hard mm-hmm. if you haven't gone out without a baby that first time you leave the baby. And if you can open your circles so that you have trust for someone else, it's hard enough to trust dad let, to do something differently than the way you want to do it or think is the only way to do it. That's another thing. I trust my husband, like, Immensely, like if when I leave my house. So how did? What was the first time that you looked and went, "What? That's how you're gonna do it? That's not my way." (laughs) Uh, You know what? I thought about this actually because we had our first, our biggest fight after the baby was the baby was crying, and I scooped the baby up every time he cries, and he said to me. What if you just let him cry for a little bit? I got so upset. And as a mama bear, I went into attack mode. And how do I attack? With research. (laughs) So here I am on my couch sending him just mountains of research. This is why you don't do this. And just the thought to me that he might have a different perspective than I would. Scared the bejeebies. Yes. Like, no, you can't. How did I marry this man that would let our baby cry? Yes. But then I sent him all the research. We talked about it. And we made the decision not to. But then I left him one day with the baby. And he said to me, you know what, Elena? He kept crying and crying. And I didn't know what to do. I had to put him down. And I said to him, thank you. You did the right thing. Because sometimes you just need, as a parent, you put the child down, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and reconnect with yourself yeah. to better take care of the child. Absolutely. So it's... But how lovely when... I mean, again, that you can honestly react, be forgiven, mm-hmm. <laughs> be, give, mm-hmm. give, give, be given that safe space to be mama bear... Or, or confuse dad or all the above. And then to be able to share those vulnerabilities. Like, I know what you expect of me. I, it, or for yourselves, I think that's even harder. I know what I expect of myself, but this baby didn't read those books. Mm-hmm. And this research isn't working. You know, of course, it's so much easier to be teacher, therapist, mm-hmm. perfect everything. But when you have another person that's responding, no, we love that sound. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> so... And she said sorry, but I, I mean, I didn't. I, we, that would be Maddie talking to us. <laughs> um, so I love that he could come to you and that you could hear it. And I think you guys are going so deep just in terms of um, vulnerability with self, with couple, and, and just with this whole experience. Mm-hmm. Expectations, um, the idea that, that he did something differently than you would have done it, or working into that partnership. Yeah, I think I'm I'm also very like rigid about certain things. So um, like Alina, I probably have all the people to watch him, I trust my husband the most. But I also am like when I leave I'll be like, okay, he needs to eat at this time and you know, make sure that that, you know, his diaper's changed and stuff and I probably should give him more credit because he'll obviously change his diaper and he knows like when to feed him and so on. But um, 
yeah, I just... Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But, but that you just welcome... So, so oh, what he, he does sa- differently. And if he yeah. says... Yeah, how do you either agree to be different yeah. in your parenting relationships, or how do you mesh together and each of you move closer or away from your original expectations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, thankfully, let's say like the cried out method, we both don't like doing that. But, and I can think of a specific thing that we had a strong disagreement about in terms of what to do with him he kind of gives me the reins more which I think is just better for us because I'm the one that's a little more I like to do it my way and things like that I'm I want to think of something specific that oh you know what one thing actually which I did appreciate is I when I was trying to breastfeed I was trying really hard and it was causing me a lot of stress and my husband was the one that really brought it to my attention that it was stressing me out too much. And I think at first I was kind of like, I could do this. Like I have to I do I have this. to. Why, why do you think I shouldn't do this? And I think I was a bit annoyed at him at first because I was like, no, I have to breastfeed. That's what everybody does. And again, not it isn't what everybody does. There's nothing wrong with formula. There's nothing wrong with pumping. But to me, it was like everyone's like, you breastfeed your baby. You breastfeed your baby. And I kept trying and trying. And I know that he was trying to not steer me away but to say it's okay if it's not working for you you. and I think I was a bit resentful at first because I was looking at it like he was thinking that I wasn't maybe doing a good job with breastfeeding but he wasn't he was more concerned about my well-being and and he said you know why don't you just try to pump and see if that works and doesn't work go to formula and he was right about it and I said to him after I said thank you and I'm sorry if I maybe clap back a few times but it's what worked better for me and it's what worked better for the baby. I love the examples because the it's so dads do worry about you and yeah. the role of dad is as much to to be caring for you mm-hmm. as for the baby because they know how to do that. Yeah. They know how to see your struggle <laughs> in a way that they may or may not understand baby behavior. And I have to add to that because I had the opposite. So I couldn't breastfeed. We had lactation consultants. We had everyone at the house trying to help. And my husband, instead of being like, don't worry, he was like, no, you could do it. Let's go get more lactation consultants. They're trying to give you the pep talk. Yes, the pep, that pep talk, like, you got it, you got this. I'll be your cheerleader. Yes. And for me, it wasn't a cheerleader. For me, it was... You felt pressured. Pressure yeah. to breastfeed. And... I, before even coming here, I asked him, so what were your trials and tribulations the first two months? What, as a as a dad, and one of the things he said was breastfeeding. I wish I understood that it was okay to not breastfeed, that it was okay, that all these social pressures that are placed on women to breastfeed, I wish I, as a dad, understood that it's okay. There's formula. Yeah. And I think the day that he just saw me after the, like, I get so emotional for this. Um, the lactation consultant came. And I just couldn't. He went out, he got the Brezza, and we made it work. And I pumped for a little while, so he, Hudson did get some breast milk. And then we transitioned to formula and made it work. Thank you. And what I love, we're all crying with you. (laughs) What I love is 
you know, I want the fairy dust that makes it all easy. And yet in my heart of hearts, I know that it's living through the uncertainties, the struggles, the changes that become the glue that prepare you for everything else that's to come. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I always say, like, if you don't go through the sleepless nights, if you don't go through the, the questions, you're not going to be ready for those bigger questions. And, but, but development prepares you for everything to come. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, I love that you've done this together. So now what I want to ask you is... Your babies. Um, you had these expectations on yourself or, or these images of what, what being a mom or a dad or a family would look like, what your world would look like. And here come these little people who are born with personalities and styles that, that shape who you eventually became and are becoming. Tell us about that process of falling in love with these particular babies. Yeah, it's just, I mean, my mom, I remember my mom saying to me when I was pregnant, she said, you'll, you'll never love someone as much as you love your child. And I'm a very loving person, and I, you know, I love my family, my nieces and nephews, and, you know, my siblings, and of course, we all feel love before, and, but you don't understand until, you know, this, mm, this particular I get emotional, but this, you know, love. you hold this baby for the first time, and you it's incredible because you fall in love with someone instantly and you never thought that that was possible I mean even my husband I I love him to death but we built a relationship over time the first time we met we didn't date for eight eight months you know like it was and we we worked at our love and that's a love that grows but with a child it's this it's just it's a part of you it's a part of him and you just love them and it's the craziest feeling in the world and you understand now what worry means, yes, you know, yes. it's, you just, you know, I just, I'm always worrying about him. I wake up at night, even when he doesn't wake up just to make sure that he's still breathing and that he's okay. And I will probably be doing that till he's 18 years old and doesn't live with us anymore. And I'll love you forever. Exactly. Love you for always. As yes. long as I'm living, my baby you will be right. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it's just, um, and it actually made me fall in love with my husband even more seeing him as a dad. You know, it was just, it's um we're all crying now yeah. we're all crying. <laughs> it's amazing it's just you're yeah they're the love um, of your life yes um, um adding to that so you had like an instant connection for me it wasn't that instinct it, instant it wasn't placed on top of me and oh, like, it took a little time for me to come around and be like this is my son and now it's like i he, I can't get enough of him. He is my life, my world, my everything. But when I, I almost felt in the hospital, I was kind of out of body. Like I was there, I was physically, physically but there, yeah. but I was detached. I was, I pushed, I did all this. I, it wasn't until I got home and I got through a couple sleepless nights and I'm like, fell in love with this precious little joy. Because that's all you could really say. They're just an incredible piece of you. That you hope nothing but the best. That I hope they only get the best parts of each of us. Yeah. So. And they, but he's meeting each of these little boys um, showed you something different. Mm -hmm. Because they shape you. How have they shaped um, 
your expectations of yourself and also the allowances and the what, what you know about your control um, because they rewrite your scripts for you every day. Um, I think, you know, I take it in every day as whatever comes, comes. I hope one day I'll be this flexible mom that <laughs> will roll with the punches and um, let him go out in the dirt and just <laughs> build and make dirt castles and whatever. Um, we'll see what happens. but We'll check back with you next yeah. year at this exact same time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think... As a mom now, which is so weird for me to even say, I'm a mom. Um, I just, he's just taught me to be who I am and to be accepting of who I am and not to let anyone else tell me that I'm not doing something right because he is my son. And at the end of the day, I know what's best for him. The depth, but also the power. I mean, there's just, there's something about, there's so much about mothering that's weighty, that, 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 uh, that feels um, overwhelming. But then there's this other part that's so liberating in terms of who you are if you can find your way to grow into this new role that, that um, might be okay, whatever choices you make. Surprises from Maddie. Surprises in terms of who you are. I love what Elena said because um, with knowing in the end what's best for your baby is something that I feel like all moms need to internalize at some point because you constantly get feedback from people. And one of the first mommy and me classes I went to when he was very young, she said, this was meant to be your baby and you were meant to be his or her mom. Your intuition is what you have to go by. And he he's taught me that I have to go with my intuition, that people might say, oh, I think he might be hungry. And you, you start to say, like, no, I actually, he's tired. Or, you know, I know that this is a good class for him. And this is, you know, and I think as moms, you just have to trust your gut because we all have no idea what we're doing. And we're all just learning every day. And no, no day is the same as the other day. And he's taught me that I have to listen to my gut. And... He's also really taught me that all we can do is our best. And I think I think that goes for so many things in life. But as a mom, you know, we'll make mistakes. And all we can do is our best and love them every day. And sometimes I feel like I get hard on myself about things. Like, oh, you know, should, should I have done as long of a walk? Was he too hot? Um, oh, wait, he didn't want to eat this time, but should I have given him more? Like, just like, and you start to go back and forth some days and questions, and then you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done this and that. And we can't, we don't have a clock. We can't rewind time. And we just have to, have to be proud of ourselves for, for just loving them as much as we can and doing the best that we can. I love it. I love it. Um, because you, they are leading you on this journey, mm-hmm. but they're also helping you and teaching you so much yeah. on this journey. The wrap-up on the podcast is always the same, um, and it's how have you got this for right here, right now. And I think you've already said so much about um, who, just the fun. I mean, what other time could you have this experience for five months, for six months, and have and have 
acquired all this wisdom and insight and growth. Um, but the topic was, you know, I did. No one told us. What looking back, how have you got this? I feel I'm growing every day. I don't have this. I don't think any mom ever has it. It's the number one answer to how have I got this. I don't have it. (laughs) Yeah, no one has it. I think every day you're trying to discover yourself. You're trying to discover your baby. Um, You're trying to find ways to give your baby everything he needs. Um, And I think we go back and forth. Oh, did we do enough of this? And I think we do that in all aspects of life, just to kind of better ourselves. And what can we do better tomorrow? How can we start our day tomorrow and make it better for our baby and his growth? Some days I'm like, did it? Did he do enough tummy time today? No, he did it. How can I better tummy time tomorrow? And I think that's kind of like how we, our internal fight in a way, to ensure the best for our baby. And the acceptance that I mm-hmm. don't have to have all the answers yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. Like what Elise said, I, I feel like I would say the same thing. I don't I don't have it all together. And, and days, everybody that's listening to the yeah. podcast is like, holy, how, how these women know they've got it all together. They are so articulate yeah. about and I, this experience. And I think, unfortunately, social media makes mm-hmm. it look like we have it all together because, you know, we, we do post the pictures of just holding the baby yeah. and smiling and things like that. And then, you know, I remember before I was a mom, I'd look and be like, this doesn't seem so difficult. <laughs> You know, and like everyone's always just smiling and happy and, you know, and and you start to to realize that every day isn't perfect. And, you know, you you do or you are just learning every day. And sometimes it's really good, Bert, Maddie. Sometimes it's it's really sometimes it's really hard. And some days I'm like, this isn't so hard. And I think you just have to take it as it comes and try not to set expectations for yourself or for your baby. Just just. Go with the, f- I mean, again, go with the flow is hard to say, but I try to as, and I am more of a rigid person, but I do have to go with, like, there's some, like one night I'll be like, oh my God, he went to sleep amazing. And I think, oh, the same thing's going to happen tomorrow night. And it doesn't. And then I'm just like, and I look at my husband, and I go, what did I do differently or wrong today? And he looks at me and goes, you didn't do anything wrong. He's a baby. Like maybe he didn't eat as much today. Maybe he's just in less of a tired mood. Like, you know, we can't like dissect everything so it's just kind of taking it day by day and just like Alina said we're just doing our best this was so beautiful I'm so happy you came today and I think we're gonna have to bring the dads in for newborn dads that's a good idea that's a good idea so that's the mess for today we appreciate you listening to see me hear me love me seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester, and check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. 
We are listening. See you next week.